You're listening to the Morning Brew with Stu Podcast, and here's your host, Stuart Brooking. And here we go. Welcome to the Morning Brew with Stu. As always, I'm your host, Stuart Brooking, and my guest today is the host of the Locked On Buckeyes podcast, the host of the Jay Stevens podcast. It is my guy, a frequent guest here. I guess you could say he's got some some frequent flyer miles here on the uh, Morning Brewers, too. It is Jay Stevens. Jay, welcome to the pod, man. Stu, glad to be back. The Colts have a coach. I'm excited about the future of the Indianapolis Colts under Shane Sykes. and have no idea what's going to happen, but I am glad that after a long, drawn-out process, they have finally hired a new football coach. Listen, I know you were a defensive guy. We talked about that in a podcast that didn't get aired because you got sick and you know, it, in the middle of it, and that happens, it's all right. So we didn't wind up doing our, our top five coaches candidate show, but I know you wanted defensive guys, and you were all for Raheem Morris and some of the other guys, you know, Evro Ejero, the defensive coordinator for the Broncos, and some of the other guys. When you heard Shane Steichen was going to be the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, what went through your mind? Because he was my top guy. Yeah, I, yeah. I, he was the guy that I wanted, not not all the long because like when the season first ended, I wanted Ken Dorsey, the offense coordinator for the Bills. But you know, once I realized he wasn't interviewed, and I looked at all the candidates that had been interviewed, Shame was the guy for me that I wanted from the jump. So, what was your your initial reaction when you found out the Colts were hiring Shane Steichen three days before the Super Bowl? So, was it three days? Something like that. I think it was that Friday. Maybe it was that Saturday. Hell, it may have been Sunday morning. I think it was Sunday morning. I I, I know I found out that Sunday morning. I was busy that weekend. But I think the Colts announced it during that time period, and it was dumb. Like, it's really stupid. Well, I don't think they officially announced it. I think it got leaked by some sources because I think they held on to it because of the whole Josh McDaniels thing. Yes, I do know they weren't officially going to. That's correct. They weren't going to officially announce it until he had put pen to paper because Josh McDaniels verbally agreed and then physically backed away from the deal. But I was like, I'm thinking, like, why don't you just wait until after the Super Bowl? Because I know I found out prior to the game being played, Super Bowl week. Why don't you just wait until, like, if you, even if you're going to leak something, leak it after? Like, don't be the person that tries to take away from literally the biggest game of the year. I remember, and I don't, I don't know if it was NBA-related, probably basketball, there was some news that was going to break literally the day of the Super Bowl. They delayed it because of how big that game is and how big that day is. But that was my first thought. But honestly, I, I'm excited, man. I'm excited to get somebody that is a young guy, 37 years old, has been around a while, been a quality control coach at a couple stops, um, been a defensive assistant for the Chargers and went back and did some offensive coaching stuff for the Chargers before going to the Eagles. He's been a guy that's been grinding to get to this spot. He's been a guy that has shown in a short time as the OC in, in Philadelphia that he can help groom and develop a quarterback quickly. Only got two years, well, really, really one year with uh, Jalen Hurts because the first year there were a few quarterbacks there. Um, no, a few quarterbacks in Hurts' first year. I do think though what we saw with Hurts, and I, I know I get my stuff kind of mixed up as far as who played what year. So the I first year think- it was the Wentz and Doug Peterson 
staff. And then the next, his second year in the league, Correct. his first year as a starter, it was when Sirianni and Shane Steichen took over. And then they had this year as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. I knew that the first year was a little bit different because Sirianni um, was not there, but I, I like it. I say all that stuff to say I do like it. I like the hire. Um, my initial thought was kind of puzzling because of the timing of the leaking of the news. But you're getting a guy, develops a quarterback, a guy who was in the Super Bowl, got to see, uh, the world got to see what the Eagles offense is all about. And I really don't think anybody really complained about much that Philadelphia did in the Super Bowl. No, I would say the only thing that went wrong for them on the offensive side was Jalen Hurts fumbling the football. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't scheme or anything Shane Steichen had to do. I think scheme-wise, he dialed up a perfect offense. You know, if his defense, if if Gannon, who Arizona hired, could find a way to, you know, stop Travis Kelsey and some of these other guys, but that's just being outcoached by a guy by the name of Andy Reid who's been around forever. All right, my here's my thing, and this is what I, I don't – I don't know if you've had the opportunity, Jay, to watch the press conference or if you did watch the press conference, but there were two different versions. And if you hear rattling going on, it's my dog chewing on a water bottle. So I apologize <laughs> to anybody who hears any rattling in the background. But there were two different versions, I felt like, of Shane Steichen in that press conference. The first part, he you know, he, started, he got a little emotional, cried, thanked everybody that helped him out. But then we saw that fiery side of him and that side of that guy who – the Colts fell in love with in the interviews when you started to talk ball. And that guy to me is the guy that I think the Colts love, because here's the thing at the, we heard about it when Frank got fired. Some of the issues with Frank was some of the best players, i.e. J- Jonathan Taylor, uh, Quentin Nelson, they weren't playing well. And instead of being held responsible, nothing was said to them by Frank Reich in that era. That ain't going to happen with a guy like Shane Steichen. And I think that's what this team needs. I think the reason you wanted a defensive guy was because they're more stern and more like, you know, we're going to hold you accountable. But I think you get that defensive mentality in a guy like Shane Steichen with the offensive knowledge. So, no, I did not get to see portions. I saw clips of the press conference, not the entire thing. But the emotional side, I don't think anybody should really be shocked or upset i'll say more upset not shocked i don't think anybody should be should be upset about a coach showing any kind of emotion let's be honest Stu, if you got what could be if you got your dream job whatever it is in this profession you're probably going to be emotional too yeah emotional and then eventually kind of getting into the nuts and bolts and figuring out what's my game plan how are we going to go about this thing and doing that so the emotion is not crazy but you do want a guy that will hold everybody accountable, not just the guys who are French players, not just the guys who are starters but aren't stars, everybody. And if there's anybody that needs to be held accountable for their play, it's Quentin Nelson. You can add in Shaq Leonard on the other side because there's things on that side of the ball with him that are a little questionable, but you need to hold guys accountable. And I firmly believe Shane Steichen is a guy He's going to come in, going to get to know the guys, but he's going to set the ground rules early. One thing we all know with teachers, if you don't set the ground rules early, the kids, the youngsters, they're going to try to bend the rules or uh, set their own rules. This is what's going to happen if you don't set that early. And I think the same thing goes with Shane Steichen. He's going to come in 
let everyone know that he might get a little emotional about the opportunity in front of him being a first-time head coach at any level. But also, he's going to let you know, hey, we got a job to do. And if you don't do your job, we will have a conversation about what's not happening and how we can fix it. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I like that. And and a guy like Shane Steichen, I think it's what this team needs. I think it's something they've been lacking. This is interesting to me because I've seen some people among the Colts Twitterverse make a big deal about it because he wouldn't commit to Gus Bradley. But I think that's just him having to go through and do his due diligence and have a conversation with Gus Bradley. I mean, the Colts blocked Gus Bradley from being interviewed with any other team for a reason. I I think if Shane Steichen said, no, I'm bringing in my own defensive coordinator, my own whatever, they would have let Gus Bradley go and get interviews. They don't, they didn't block him to, to be mean and keep him from having the job or whatever else. They did it because they probably had a feeling whether it was Brian Callahan or whether it was Eric B or whether it was Shane Steichen that, okay, this guy is going to need to be here. He's a former head coach. He's done this before. He can coach the defense, and we'll let Shane worry about the offense. The Gus Bradley thing to me and people being um, not really committing to Gus Bradley, I don't care. Should I care? Maybe. But why should I care what a new head coach is going to do with a defensive coordinator and not committing to a guy who was on the previous staff, a previous staff, that if they got rid of almost everybody, I wouldn't be upset. The Colts are a bad football team in 2022. Bad. You can't just – you can describe it with, with, in a different way. You might use worse words or words that aren't favorable to, or ways you would describe a good football team. The Colts were b- a bad team. So I understand him not being um, – he's saying he wouldn't commit. You want to have conversations with these guys. You want to see where their head is. You want to see maybe, maybe their future is now and maybe keeping them in Indianapolis interferes with some career goals that they want and their thoughts are more career-oriented outside of Indianapolis than career-oriented staying in Indy. So, no, I don't I don't care, man. Like I, I, I understand it. Like, imagine you being a boss and you getting a job, you getting hired, and may not be at a professional level of the National Football League, but you're a boss, you come in, you don't really know anybody on a personal level inside that office, but you're the new guy. And there's someone asking, are you going to keep so-and-so? You're like, I don't know. I've never talked. Like You may have talked to them. But you're like, I don't know. I don't know their day-to-day operation, and I don't know how they handle things. I don't know the pros of, of their job and the things that they don't do well. Like, you literally just don't know. So, no, I, I don't care. It's not a big deal. Let them do his due diligence. Let him have those conversations and let him fill the roster with people that he feel – are the best fit for Indianapolis in 2023. Yeah, I completely agree. I think, I don't think the Colts, I think for the first time in a long time, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think for the first time in a long time, I don't think the Colts are going to have an offensive coordinator. And and I say that because he did say he was going to call plays in the press conference. And I think you could say, well, some of these teams still have offensive coordinators, and they do. Don't get me wrong, Brian Callahan still has one up there, or I guess Brian Callahan is the offensive coordinator to an offensive-minded Zach Taylor. Don't get me wrong. But I look at it and I say some of the guys who were competing year in and year out for Super Bowls, Sean McVay doesn't have an offensive coordinator. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, guess what? 
He doesn't have an offensive coordinator. So I look at it and say, I don't think the Colts need an offensive coordinator. They're going to need a really, really good quarterback coach. They're going to need somebody to work with a young guy who can develop him alongside what Shane Steichen's already done. And we've, he worked with Justin Herbert, set the rookie record for touchdown passes. Look what he's done with Jalen Hurts. The final years there in, in Los Angeles slash San Diego for Phillip Rivers, he made Phillip Rivers look really, really good when Phillip Rivers didn't have the noodle arm. So, I mean, you look at that, I think play calling wise, I'm okay with Shane Steichen being the head coach. Being the offensive play caller, like you, like you said with Frank Reich, I'm okay with it until he gives me a reason to not be okay with it. You know, he starts making some dumb decisions, like we saw Frank do. I think <laughs> then we can have some questions. But right now, I'm perfectly okay with if they don't hire an offensive coordinator and he calls the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I am as well, and I do think if the Super Bowl is the only game any well the two games the Colt the game the Colts lost to the Eagles and the Super Bowl that the Eagles played in if those are the only two games that you saw and the one you remember the best is the game that was played most recently i think Colts fans will be okay with Steichen calling plays one of my favorite things i saw was the Eagles getting in fourth and short or third and short situations and QB sneaking that thing man you get those and it wasn't like it was just like third and one or fourth and a half a yard, third and two, fourth and two, you get down there and it's not victory formation. You got a guy on either side and a guy behind Jalen Hurts. You know, it's going to happen right in the middle. The offensive linemen are basically in a four point stance and they're brother, they're bear crawling on the field. And I remember forget the exact name for the chiefs player. One time, he literally jumped over the line. He's like, if I can't, like, beat them in the ground, um, beat them, beat them uh, in, in beating them up in the trenches, let me just go over and jump over top. He jumped over top and got pushed back, and Jalen Hurts got an extra yard and converted that thing. I think that is something Colts fans want to see, somebody that is not just uh, aggressive on third or fourth down, but that has a mindset and a player that can accomplish that goal and a team and a youth that can accomplish that all the time. So I'm perfectly fine with them calling plays. I do understand it's going to be a work in progress. Currently constructed, the Colts are still a bad offense. They have talent at some positions, but chemistry-wise, it's not there. So whoever he brings in as quarterback, I do believe he'll work with him and groom him, develop him into being a good quarterback early in their career. Got to work with those receivers, the O-line, the tight ends, and the running backs. But I, I'm, I'm comfortable with it. Now, when it comes to not having an offensive coordinator, that could actually be a really good thing because that may allow you to filter in other positions on the coaching staff and put more emphasis in other areas instead of having another guy filtering information to you about, hey, this idea or that idea, you can work and help other areas of the team. So it's a lot to say right there, but I'm perfectly fine with him calling plays, and I do think Colts fans will enjoy the not just aggressive nature in certain areas, but aggressiveness with a well-thought-out plan that is successful. Yeah, my message to Colts fans is this, be patient. Because yeah. the Colts are going to probably have a top 10 pick again next year. They're just, we we saw for many years, we thought they're just a quarterback away. They get that right quarterback. They're going to be fighting for a Super Bowl. We saw last year. That's obviously not the truth. This team's, uh, they got more holes than that. There's still can, questions at the wide receiver position outside of Alec Pearson and Michael Pittman. You could argue 
outside of Michael Pittman, there's a lot of question marks, but I would give Alec Pierce that guy. He's a rookie. He showed some flashes last year, but you know, offensive line, there's some questions as well, but let's focus on that quarterback position because this is interesting to me. I dropped a mock draft earlier today. If you're talking about, for those of you who this is coming out, I dropped it on Wednesday. I had the Colts trading up with the bears and draft for the number one overall pick and drafting Will Levis number one overall. I'm not a Will Levis guy. I'm not an Anthony Richardson guy. But I, it'll be interesting to see who wins this battle because Chris Ballard is a traits guy. He talks about traits, right? All the time. You got to have the right traits. Well, Will Levis fits that. He's six foot five, he's 235, got a cannon of an arm, can move. I don't like some of the decision making. I don't like some of those things. But he's he checks all the boxes. But then there's a guy in Anthony Richardson who fits the mold of what Shane Sykin had in Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts, just with a bigger arm and probably going to run a heck of a lot faster. According to his quarterback coach, probably going to run low fours, maybe a 4-2, 4-3 is what you're looking at at the quarterback position. A lot of question marks there, too. I'm a C.J. Stroud guy. You're an Ohio State guy. The flag's behind you for those who can't see. I'm a C.J. Stroud guy. He's not mobile. There is questions about Bryce Young's weight, not his height. It's going to be interesting to see what thought process winds up winning and where they go. Because if the, it, it, it'll be interesting to see leading up to, a, to April 28th if the Colts haven't traded for the number one overall pick by then. And then we come to 8 o'clock or 8.30 or whatever it is, and the Colts still haven't traded for the number one overall pick, it likely means they're staying at four, which means to me they really like either Anthony Richardson or Will Levis, and they feel comfortable they can get them at four. So I'm more curious about now what that means for the quarterback position. So let's think about this. With the quarterback position, you mentioned Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, or C.J. Stroud. I don't think we have seen consistency in Stroud's decision-making for Steichen to say, that's my guy. Now, my analysis is a little bit different than the average listener or viewer of the show, as I have watched Stroud play every single game in college. And so I'm not saying that as somebody who's trying to be like a Skip Bayless, and Skip says, I watched every snap that guy had. And no, I'm not doing that. Skip does that for effect. I'm literally telling you, I watched everything. Like, I think Skip he did. says He's a lot of things. Fan. I can, I can. Yeah, but I think I think Skip Bayless says a lot of things. No, I'm talking about you. Clicks. I can verify that Jay oh, yeah. has watched every every snap of the uh, of of CJ Stroud's career. Yeah, yeah. The Skip Bayless thing is weird. He just says things to get attention sometimes. Not, I don't think he believes everything he says. I'm with but, you. But um, no, I Stroud's decision making is odd, and him not being mobile in the ways that I think Shane Steichen wants a quarterback could be a reason. Oh, that Chris Ballard could trade back to get more picks because he knows if he trades back, not forward to get the number one or number two pick, but it goes further back in the first round, he can get Anthony Richardson and get more picks. But could he, though? Ah, probably. Because there's an old, there's a guy who knows him very well who's sitting up there in Carolina who needs a quarterback as well. There's a team in Tampa Bay that needs a quarterback as well. There's a team in Las Vegas. I mean, you think about it. Let's say Las Vegas trades up with Chicago for the number one overall pick. They're going to go get probably CJ Stroud, Will Levis, whoever. Bryce Young's going to Houston. Then what? Five, Carolina gets CJ Stroud. You might get 
you might get Anthony Richardson as long as Tampa doesn't trade into the top ten and right, and, right. and jump you. I I would almost rather them sit at four and just keep the picks you got, make the pick. I with you because he mentioned it in the press conference when yeah like, I didn't like when they were that. talking about he was talking about trading I like back. That. I didn't either. I didn't like I'm like all. you got to trade forward. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'll let you. I'll let you continue what you were saying. No, it's all good. No, I, I didn't like that statement, and that's where that whole thought came from. Everyone that's listening saying like trade back. Yeah, Chris Ballard. He did say, like trade back. I think Ursay was talking, and Ballard made a comment saying I like picks, and I'm like, no, that's not the move because I don't think I don't think this is the year you trade back. Chris Ballard, a guy who needs it, he shouldn't be the GM right now anyway. But to me, he's on the hot seat, and you doing that move and making stockpiling picks, you've done that. It doesn't work out well for you. Stick where you are, pick a quarterback, and ride with it. Now, if Sykin doesn't like younger Stroud, which I think he'd be more of a a young guy over a Stroud guy based off some of the intangibles that Bryce Young brings to the field, but if Sykin says no to both those guys and you and you legitimately think you can trade back, stockpile picks, and still get one of those four quarterbacks, do it. But what Stu said so well could be the very, very the very thing. Ra- the Raiders, the Bucks, the Panthers, the Colts, the Texans. A lot of these teams need quarterbacks. Maybe Seattle. They're going to be making moves. Maybe Seattle. Somebody's going to get Derek Carr. I, I don't think the Colts are going to get Derek Carr. I think it's New Orleans, probably. Probably. Well, that's going to take out one of those dominoes. But still, like, you don't know how much like do they get do they try to get up one of the top four quarterbacks? Make him a backup. Like, these are things that are conversations they're having internally, which is a lot of it is gonna be talked about over the next couple months. I think the Colts need to stay put. I would not be mad if they didn't pick CJ Stroud. If they went Bryce Young, I would understand it. But I still I wouldn't be shocked if they went Levis or Richardson. I'm probably more of a Richardson guy over a well Levis guy which is probably going to be a great match in combination for Shane Steichen. I think that C.J. Stroud and Steichen will butt butt heads a lot because the physicality or just the sound decision-making that you want from a quarterback, both in the run game and passing game, you don't get that from Stroud. He's not a consistent runner. I do believe he was held back at Ohio State, but I also don't think he's going to be a consistent runner in the National Football League based off processing and how quickly the game is going to be once he's in the National Football League. But, yeah, man, um, the quarterback situation is interesting. Here's another one for you, Stu. Um, you still got Matt Ryan. I don't think he's going to be a starting quarterback next year, but that's going to impact who Shane Steichen might want as a backup next I th- year. I think those ships have sailed, and the only reason I say that is because you have Jim Mersey, who needs to just stop talking, by the way, <laughs> saying how much he loved the Alabama kid, talking about Bryce Young. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So in Jim Mersey's mind, I think he's okay with letting Matt Ryan walk. I think he's yeah, okay yeah. with letting Nick Foles walk. I think the backup next year is going to be Sam Ellinger. I think a big part of last year like was that. them saying, we trust Sam enough to be our backup, not our starter, but our backup. He's got some of the traits that, you know, he's – I mean this in the nicest way possible. He's a great value version of Jalen Hurts. He's the Walmart brand, you know, but I mean that in the nicest way possible. It's the only way I could really kind of say it without like going into a long thing. But yeah, I I think I can be talked. I've said this. Stroud's my number one quarterback. I will not argue if you, if you draft Bryce Young, if he was six foot five, We'd be talking about him in the same breath that everyone talked about. Yeah, uh, Trevor Lawrence. 
Yeah. And I can be talked into Will Levis. I cannot be talked into Anthony Richardson. I don't like him as a prospect. He could hit, but he's such a big boom or bust guy that I'm not really I – I don't really feel comfortable taking him that high. But I'm also realistic, and I know that there's a possibility that that could happen. And I'm going to have to sit there with that possibility. Here's something else, too, that you may think about. I know he's not really a mobile guy. The Colts liked him last year. Maybe because Anthony Richardson is going to need two to three seasons to, to just sit back, learn from a veteran guy. And what a world we'd live in, right? If we drafted Anthony Richardson and then we signed the guy I'm about to tell you, this would be the world's way of making me eat my words in Jameis Winston. I know the Colts, oh, gosh. The Colts were interested oh, in Jameis last year. They almost brought him in last year if they couldn't get Matt Ryan. I don't like it. I don't think it'll happen. But that is somebody as a bridge quarterback, not as a guy you you give five million or you give fifty five million to be your guy for five years. But as a bridge guy, I could see happening. I would hope not, but it's something I could see happening. Oh gosh! First, we got the great value comparison and connection between Sam Ellinger. Uh, and Jalen Hurts. And also, <laughs> I've never heard anybody say anything nice saying, oh, somebody is a great value, uh, a great value something. Like, great value, Walmart. They have some good things. Don't get me wrong. But generally, that's a dish. That's a nice way for <laughs> Stu to describe St. Elliger and that connection to um, he's like the same, the great value version of Jalen Hurts. What I mean is you can do a lot. Shane can do a lot of the same things yes, Sam yeah, you can. that he did with Jalen. You can there's also a lot of things you can't do. With, yes. With yeah. No, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Um, Jameis Winston, please don't come to Indianapolis. Dude, I'm with like, you. I'm with you, no, but it's, he might want to come. See. Chris, ba- that's a Chris Ballard move though. Yeah. Like Chris Ballard has told us he's going to go out there, get these guys that are washed up. That aren't good. And it's not like Jameis Winston has been in the league for 15 years. He played at Florida state, won the national championship in 2013 and then playing the 2014 season, got drafted in 2015. He hasn't been in the, league, in the league that long. He's just not that good. Don't bring him in. If you want to see Chris Ballard get booed out of the city, Chris <laughs> Ballard, bring him in. And then the booze, at, I think you listened to at Lucas Oil during the final regular season game. You there. might hear those week three, week four, week five about Chris Ballard, towards Chris Ballard, and how bad the team is constructed once again. you I, I do not want to do shows and have a Colts twist on them with you or anybody else and say, oh, Chris Ballard messed up again. We've been talking about Chris Ballard's mistakes for way too long, and that'd be another one added to the long list of mistakes Chris Ballard would have made during his tenure as GM of the Colts. Now, I doubt this is a possibility, but I want to float this out there. Oh, boy. Is there a possibility that you see, because I know – Jim Mercer wants to win, and I get it. But Jim's also not dumb when it comes to football. I feel like he understands. I think he knows football well. He's one of the smarter owners in the league, I feel like. Is there a possibility both Shane Steichen and Chris Ballard go to Jim Mercer and say, listen, Jim, I'm not saying we tank, but these quarterbacks aren't very good. We don't, we, we don't like C.J. Stroud. We don't like Bryce Young. We really don't feel like drafting Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. We know we're going to get Caleb Williams or Drake May next year. Is there a possibility you see a future where they go to they go to the gym and they come up with this plan where it's 
let's roll Sam out there again, see what happens. We can paint it as we like Sam. We want to see Sam as the guy, knowing good and good well they're either going to take Drake May from UNC or they're going to take, you know, the a guy who many people are calling the best prospect since Andrew Luck, which let's we throw that around too much now. We throw that way too much around. But uh and and Caleb Williams. I don't know. I think it could happen. I'm not saying it would. I just think it would have to be a very dramatic scenario. And I think in order for Chris or Shane to do that, Chris would have to have reassurance from from Jim that his job's safe if they if even if that happens again this year. So let's address a tanking thing first. I wouldn't I, I don't want to say tanking because it has such a bad well, no, I think they tank this year. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I think that they tried to get a bad pick and trade deadline, other things. I don't think they actively tried to win or get better during this season. And that's why when you talk about, like, the Sam Ellinger thing, knowing it's not, knowing it's going to be a failure, it, it's more believable than people think. I don't think these quarterbacks this year are are horrible. I think I might be more towards a, more of a Bryce Young guy than a Caleb Williams guy. That's also wow. a year. Of, uh, it's you. It's USC. Like I'm, I'm really just not the biggest Lincoln Riley fan. Um, just for some things I've heard that he's done off the field, he could develop a quarterback. Don't get me wrong; he could definitely develop a quarterback. Um, but yeah, I'm just not really him, which could be why I'm not trying to be all in on Caleb Williams. Plus. Let me just say this really quickly. What I'm not going to say it because it's it's vulgar. What he puts on his fingernails for games. Have you seen that? Yeah. That really turns me off of him as a human being. Not as a foot like, and then that trickles into the football player side as well. But that really is something that I'm like, dude, that's just weird. I'm not saying like you can say you could people talk, say whatever they want. That on your fingernails for every game specific for who you're playing, I, I don't know, man. I just that that did not sit well with me, which is part of the reason why I'm like no Caleb Williams. I, I don't know how much I don't I don't know how likely it is with the quarterbacks that are available in the draft and the current positioning. And they might say, "Let's roll out Sam, and here is our 12 month plan while doing so, or nine month, whatever whatever it is when they make that make make they make that decision." I don't know how likely it is. Um, Ursay will not be forced to sell the team. Ballard will lose his job. So it's kind of like you got to build a roster to be successful because if you don't, you could get fired in the season of 2023 like Reich got fired in season in 2022. And we'll end this quarterback conversation in the show with this last scenario. There is a scenario no one's talking about. And it's one that we after listening to the press conference and hearing Chris Ballard say trade back, that's very possible. Colts don't like Anthony. They don't like any of the top four guys. No, yeah, the consensus top four guys. Yeah, there's a guy in there that I think's a top four guy, but most people have him at five. What if the Colts say? We're not really sold on any of these guys to go in the first round. We'll trade back. We'll get a Pierce Skaronski or we'll get a Paris Johnson, the offensive lineman from Ohio State or the one from Northwestern. 
and then we'll get another pick as well. And maybe we can get a first, maybe we get another second round pick. We get a big time wide receiver in the second round. We draft Hendon hooker who plays a lot like Jalen hurts has the same kind of traits that Jalen hurts has. And he's telling everybody he's going to be ready by training camp. So you have a guy who has the same tools as a quarterback that Shane just led to 400 total yards and four touchdowns in the Super Bowl. Yeah, man. And you got him in the second round. You didn't take a big swing. Ballard got his picks that he likes. Everybody's happy. That's a scenario no one's talking about, but one that I think I would I would love because I'm a big hidden hooker guy. I think he's the most underrated quarterback in the yeah. draft class. Yeah. But I also think the entire city of Indianapolis would be on fire if after Thursday night, April 28th, the Colts don't have a quarterback on their roster that is a rookie. Stu, you just branched Jalen Hurts and his numbers in the Super Bowl. Literally, if the Eagles have better red zone defense and don't leave guys wide open twice, the Eagles win the Super Bowl. With the fumble, yep. with the with the holding call, you literally win the Super Bowl if you have better red zone defense and are just really more fundamentally in assignment sound. So you're talking about a guy who had great numbers, coached him, Steichen. He almost coached the Super Bowl MVP knowing he was going to be the head coach of Indianapolis at the end of that game. I get it, man. Like, I completely get it. And Hendon Hooker, if it didn't tear his ACL, you might get Anthony Richardson to fall and Will Lovis to fall in this draft because Hendon Hooker can play. The knock on him is going to be his age. I personally view that as a plus. I don't try, I normally don't knock guys for being older, but for him being around a while in college and playing, um, being just playing the sport a little bit longer, being a little bit more mature, I think that will allow him to come into a bad situation in Indianapolis and handle it better. Definitely handle it better than CJ, handle it better than CJ Stroud, but handle it better than maybe a Will Levis or an Anthony Richardson or a Bryce Young because of his level of maturity. So I do think if he trades back and he thinks trade back Hendon Hooker, that's great. My hesitancy with Hendon Hooker is you better have a backup on your roster that can start week one because you don't know about setbacks and things in rehab from an ACL that might not allow Hooker to be the starter week one. So Which that's my happen. thing there. I mean, Jimmy G is going to be a free agent. Like, I'm not saying, again, we've been through this tiring cycle of veteran quarterback after veteran quarterback, but I do think the difference would be you do have to plan for the future in place. And yes. you could sell the team like, hey – we're only bringing Jimmy G in because we don't trust the ACL of Hendon Hooker. Yeah. You could sell it as we like Hendon. We're going to give him a year in our system, and then he's got the reins, but we need somebody else to play quarterback for a year, so we're going to give it to Jimmy. Yeah, and I, I personally am I'm comfortable. I would be comfortable with that, but you have to have a guy that's a backup that could start and be a, a consistent starter. I think if it's uh, excuse me, Sam Ellinger, I think that'd be a problem. I think if it were Matt, Matt Ryan, I think that'd be a problem. But if you go out and get somebody and keep Sam Ellinger on the roster, but go out and get a guy who can start week one, week two, maybe week three, get get Hendon Hooker healthy, they'll let him go out there and spin the rock. Honestly, though, as I say that right there, that might be a way to just say Sam Ellinger go out there and play a few games because Jimmy G is going to start the entire season. And also, it'd be cheaper to have some Ellinger start 
a few games then to bring in somebody who's a heftier price tag, NFL vet, and have them come in. Jameis might be the only guy you can bring in and say, hey, man, here's our plans for you. Oh, I get to play football? I get to go out there and eat a W on the field <laughs> in pregame? Oh, I'm hyped. So Jameis is that guy, being a little sarcastic. But I really think, though, Hooker, that might be the move. And he mentioned Skaronsky and Paris Johnson Jr., if you could trade back out of that, get your quarterback in the second round and get you a starting left tackle in the first, that's a win-win for the Colts organization. I know. It's it's a scenario no one's talking about. And it's one that ever since it, – it's one I've been thinking about longer than this press conference. I've been thinking about this since the season ended because yeah. I've been – I'm more in tune to the draft than a lot of people are. Mm-hmm. And I've been listening to what a lot of these scouts think, and a lot of them have a second-round grade on the Hendon Hooker. So a lot of them don't think he's going to be a first-round pick. So I, it's one that I've been scheming, saying, hey, let's trade back. Ballard loves that. I know he's going to get hate for it. Let's get to Paris Johnson, get to Pierce Skaronsky, get your guy in the second round. All right, Jay, well, a big thank you for coming on. Before you go, man, uh, let people know where they can find you, what you're working on, all those great things, man. Guys, you can follow me on Twitter at jstevens07. Check out the Jay Stevens podcast and Locked on Buckeyes. Jay Stevens podcast comes out once a week. Locked on Buckeyes is a daily podcast covering the Ohio State football and that bad basketball team in Columbus. Uh, Thursday show, it's Ohio State recently um, canceled their home-and-home home series with Washington in 2024 and 2025. We're going to be diving into why Ohio State made that decision and um, why it's just baffling and confusing why G. Smith, Ryan Day may have been tag teaming this decision to cancel a a game with a a a one of the better programs, college football programs on the West Coast. Um, but yeah, follow me on Twitter. A couple of podcasts, a couple of shows. I'm looking to have Stu on the podcast in the future because um, Stu's my guy, and um, I'm glad to get through this show. Stu, I had food poisoning, and uh, the last time you, I don't know what you saw from my face, but I felt horrible. I've been um, there, but, yeah, um, glad to be back, glad to be healthy, glad, glad to be getting all that stuff out of my system, and uh, glad to get this show completed with you. And real quick before I let you go, I haven't had a chance to say it in person, so I thought mm-hmm. I'd say it here. Congratulations <laughs> on getting engaged, my guy. It's a big deal. I'm happy for you. You deserve it, man. Uh, yeah, I'm happy for you. Congratulations. Thanks, dude, man. Actually, a little behind the scenes. Um I actually picked up the engagement ring before we recorded the show that I got sick during. So maybe my insides are just like, oh, we're going to have a big old announcement this weekend. <laughs> Let's just jack all the Jays plays up, plans up with the podcasting. No, uh, a couple of days after that, I did end up proposing to my, to my girlfriend. She planned that she had plans for the day, had no idea that I was going to propose that day. I made up a plan literally on the fly once we got to where we were going to eat lunch. And uh, yeah, it was a good time, good time. And uh um, her and I joke that we are the best things each other has found on the internet. We both met on a, on a dating app and, um, yeah, love her. And I can't wait to, uh, for her to be my wife. Well, I'm so happy for you. You got, you got a, you got a number one fan here for you guys. Congratulations. And I'm, I'm happy for you guys. A big thank you to you, those of you listening at home. A big thank you to Jay for coming on. Hey, real quick. You know, I can only do so much to help promote the podcast, share it to your friends, all. You know how to do it. Emails, work emails, DMs. If you have a fax machine, you can probably try to do that as well. I don't know. But 
all those types of things. But other than that, you have a good day, good night, good afternoon, whatever it is. You have a good one. See you next week.